Hey people, welcome back to the Saved and Sexual podcast where we talk about all things salvation and sexuality, how to honor God within and through our bodies. Yeah, thank you very much if you are new. Um, every Monday and Thursday we have an episode and today's episode is a little bit of a twist because uh, God's plans are not our plans and so... Pretty Little Lie number four, if you've noticed, is actually missing from the list. And so today we're going to be talking about that. And the lie for today is um, you deserve to be happy. Now, I obviously wanted this to come in at number four, but yeah, God had other plans. And so this episode is coming in after Pretty Little Lie number seven. Um, But the main thing that... It's actually in the perfect place for us to go into the next um, series or the next batch of episodes. So I hope you guys will stick around and that you will listen and then that you let me know what you think. All right, here we go. On to the episode. I hear this consistently about marriage. Um, that if you know if you're not happy in your marriage, and we we see this um, reinforced constantly in everything we read and we hear, and in the many things that we read and we hear, both in the church and outside of it, that if you are not fulfilled in your marriage, if you are not happy in your marriage, then you should be able to leave because you deserve to be happy. That's the lie of the week that you deserve to be happy. Okay, it sounds really nice. It sounds really nice. And I mean, who wants to say that people deserve to be unhappy? I'm certainly not saying that. But when we say certain statements, they have certain meanings. Now, when, the, when people usually say you deserve to be happy again, that means that it's okay to put yourself first. Yes. And in fact, it continues to reinforce the messaging that you should put yourself first. So... It's not that the opposite of it is what is true, but it's the reinforcement of a particular message that makes you make decisions focused on yourself more than they are focused on others. So I use the example of marriage because God just woke me up today thinking about marriage and divorce. And I started asking him, is there really justification um for divorce and then is there justification for a marriage and you know he took me to first romans sorry first first romans there's no first romans first corinthians um chapter seven and you know we read please go and read first corinthians chapter seven and then Later on to Matthew chapter 5, when God is talking about divorce. Um, and to me, one thing that really struck me as I was thinking about marriage is the question. People always say, but so are you saying that somebody should remain single for the rest of their lives? Don't they deserve to be loved and don't they deserve to be in a relationship? The truth of the matter is we are called to live a certain way by Christ and it's not always going to feel good. Yeah. In fact, there are many seasons when it doesn't feel good, 
But we have to trust that what God is saying is for our good. We talked about that. We talked about how God's will, how God's um, everything that is for the glory of God is for our good. Okay. Um, and so there's this notion that we have that because something is really hard, then God cannot be requiring it of me. And because in our world today, there's so much divorce. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a plague. It's like, it's rampant. Yeah. People are getting married and divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried and divorced within the church and outside of it. And because we see it so often, it has become a part of our, uh, a part of our world, a part of our lived experience. We all know somebody who was divorced and probably in our minds for a very justified reason. And so we feel like it would be unfair to ask them to live a life of singleness afterwards because it was justified and they truly weren't happy in their marriage. But here's the thing. <clears throat> we spoke, um, I quoted my mom another time who, and she was quoting someone else. But anyway, they were like, she said to me that God is a lot more um, interested in your, in our sanctification than in our happiness. If God had to choose between you being sanctified and you being happy, it would not you being happy. So when people say things like you deserve to be happy, that striving for happiness, that constant reaching out to find happiness. And we talked before about the illusion of it. Can it ever truly be grasped? What people want is joy. What they settle for is happiness because many of us are not willing to do what it takes, are not willing, which is surrender unto God in order to get the fruit of his spirit which includes joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I kept reading it and still, you know, feeling, I kept reading this passage of the scripture and still feeling, you know, that thing is still in my mind. Like, it feels unfair to relegate people to this part, to, to singleness. So are you saying that people just should be lonely and people just should be alone and, and I think the reason that this is in my mind a lot is because we have adapted to this definition of love and definition of fulfillment that isn't God's. Yes. Our lives can be absolutely, if God just showers us with his presence, we won't need anything else. Yeah. And God has the ability to take care of that loneliness. God has the ability to fulfill your life, to fill your life. But as long as what we're looking at as the one thing that can make me happy, in quotes, and the one thing that can truly make my life have meaning is being in an intimate relationship, in an intimate personal relationship with another person, with, with um, someone of the opposite sex, being married to them. So we make that the goal. Okay, And I said the other time that we're going to be dealing a little bit with idols. And I think that one of the things we've made an idol within the Christian faith is marriage. Okay, So even when God calls you not to be married, or when God says, because this has happened, then you are called to be single, or things like that, people don't like to hear such statements. 
People don't want to hear it. And so I'll find a spiritual way of saying, I just want what I want. And I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, to whom are we surrendering? Who is in control? Because if God is sovereign, then he's sovereign. We won't always like what the Bible says. We're not always going to like what the Bible calls us to do. But that doesn't change and will never change what the Bible says. Now, many people will use the Bible to kind of, um, you know, many a lot of the times, most of us, many of us, um, in certain periods of our lives, use the Bible to justify our actions instead of reading the Bible and obeying what it says. We want to use the Bible to make it okay to sin. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is very prevalent in the church today is this lust. It's like a lust for mysticism. A lust for the um, supernatural experiences, and one of the things that struck me recently is that we are we are so willing, I mean we're so thirsty for supernatural experiences that we're willing to give God up to do it to get it. We're willing to give God up to get them. When God says, "Don't worship me in a certain kind of way," and it it always makes me extremely uncomfortable. When I hear certain preachers and famous ones, um, okay, there's one in particular who said <clears throat> that um, we should take things from the New Age because they stole those things from Christians. If you read Deuteronomy, God makes it pretty clear how he wants us to worship him. And again, I will say, if you read this entire Bible, God makes it clear how we are to worship him and how we are not to worship him. It's pretty clear. So when we are so thirsty for a supernatural experience of any kind, yeah, it kind of reminds me about many of us single people. <laughs> yeah, like you're so thirsty for a man, for, for a husband or a wife that you will just settle for anyone. Yeah, so there's this funny video, which is just a man, a man, a man, this comedian, Nigerian comedian. I might link it below just, you know, so you can get a laugh. It makes me laugh every single time because it's accurate. Many of us, at some point, you become so thirsty that it doesn't even matter what, who this person is. You're not even praying anymore. You're so focused on that thing that you believe will bring you happiness, which is a husband. So I'm just I, a husband, a husband, a husband, and it just continues to to circle in your mind and that becomes your point of focus that becomes your god not because god has called you because god will never call you to worship anything else and we have to constantly examine ourselves and how because it's and our um willing our willingness to honor god and sometimes our inability assess our inability to see past our own desires to what he is calling us to do. So I think when the scriptures call us to surrender every day, when the scriptures talk about pray without ceasing, it is because we need God every single day to help us to focus on God, to help us to honor him in every single situation. If you are married, to honor him in your marriage. If you are single, to honor him when you're single, if you get married, in every single situation, we are to honor God. 
in parenting, in working, in friendship, in a relationship, in family, relation to our parents, relation to our siblings, relation to our church, to the church of Christ. We cannot continue to live our lives so incredibly focused on attaining happiness that we will give God up to get it. The verse he took me to, because you know sometimes I'm just confused and I'm like, Lord, I'm opening a verse. I know people say don't do this, yeah. But you just, I'm like, I'm opening a verse I really want. I don't know. I just, I'm not confused, but I'm I'm agonizing over this thing. Not because I want to get married to somebody who's divorced, because I don't. Yes. But because anybody could be in this position, me included. Yes. So I'm not trying to justify for myself, but I guess I was trying to justify it for all of us. But the verse that God took me to was chapter 14. If a king faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. And at first I was like, Sasa, what? But I, the thing that, the word that came out of that verse for me was faithfully. Faithfulness. To whom are we faithful? Are we faithful to God even when it calls us to be unhappy in the moment? Even when, it, even when he calls us to be separate from things that we want or that we feel like we need. Even when it seems like it's the hardest thing we're ever going to have to do. Are we faithful to God when what he asks us to do is not what we want to do? Are we faithful to God when what he desires for us is not what we desire for ourselves? Because the goal, yeah. Many people like to quote that verse. Um, it was just on my mind. It was, come on. Which is, um, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. But I, I heard it put so well by someone, and I can't remember who it was, but he said, God doesn't give you just what you want. God changes you and tells you what to want. So my desires are aligned with him. Because you see, we like to read that verse in and of itself. Read Read everything in context. Read the verse before, read the verse after. And sometimes it's not even that, it's just reading the whole verse. Because that scripture says, if my words, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask. That means God is in us. He is leading us to ask what he desires of us. That's what I hear when I hear that verse. And I have to look beyond what I want and what I believe will make me happy. And look to God for what he knows will make me holy. What he knows will keep me sanctified. What he knows is best for me. What I think does not trump what God knows. That will never happen. So I am going to, I'm encouraging us today to seek God first. Seek God first. Even when it's hard. And I will say again and again, especially, maybe especially when it's hard. In every moment of our lives, we have to seek God and sometimes we're so happy, quote unquote, in a situation that we, we stop praying. We just assume, I cannot be this happy and that God doesn't want. Always seek God. Always seek him. And then trust in his power, his strength, and his grace to get you through everything. 
he has called you to, to enable you to do everything that he himself has called you to do. Thanks for listening, guys. So glad to have you. I will see you all in the next one. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he give you peace. God bless you.